Well, welcome everybody to our interview today with uh, Krista Robles uh, from Middle Branch Grace Brethren Church, and we're just so glad to have you with us today, Krista. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to talk about something that I'm really passionate about. Great, great. Well, we're excited to hear what you have to share. Hey, why don't you just give us a little bit of background on your family? Um, I actually grew up in as the daughter of a Grace Brethren pastor. My dad's still a pastor today um, here at the Middle Branch Grace Brethren Church. And so ministry was um, actually built in as a family value and something that I came to personally enjoy and be passionate about. And because our family uh, often hosted uh, missionaries from all over the place, uh, I also developed this love for culture and language. And so already having a heart for the lost, those things melded together. And um, God put me on a track towards being intentional in cross-cultural ministry. Where where'd you go to college and how'd you get into ministry? Yeah, so since the time I was very young, I would say definitely elementary school um, at least, I knew that I wanted to do cross-cultural ministry. In college, I studied international studies and teaching English as a second language. And so as I was getting ready to graduate from college, I'd already developed um, a little bit of a relationship with Encompass World Partners um, because they're the sending arm for the Grace Brethren. And I grew up Grace Brethren. It seemed like a logical step. I did an internship when I was in college with Encompass in Argentina for six weeks. And when I was graduating, I said, you know, here is what I think my strengths and weaknesses are. I'm open for your greatest need, send me anywhere. And so to my surprise, they said, please come to Atlanta, Georgia, where we're moving our headquarters um, and help us mobilize others into missions. So I did, and I was there for three years um, in mobilization until I, uh, I met my husband there. And when we had our first baby, I transitioned out of mobilization. But we also worked with the Hispanic church planting team the whole time we were there. And that's actually how I met Alejandro. We were working on that team together. So Alejandro and I together knew that we wanted to be um, more full-time ministry uh, focused in our lives. Alejandro at that time had um, a, a full-blown career in project management and finance. And so um, he had wanted to study further in ministry. And at the same time, our um, the church that was my sending church uh, when I went to Atlanta and still was considered that, um, told us, hey, would you consider coming to Ohio for a few years and helping us to develop ministry in the local Hispanic community. So where is that? What And what did you find here? So what we found is that here in um, the Canton area, there are several actually different types of pockets and demographics of um, Hispanics. And so we've been working in several different ones, but one of the ones that our church and my dad and myself, because I knew of it before I even left Atlanta, um, really had a heart to get involved in was this community of about 500 um, uh, Hispanic workers that come for at least six months of the year every year and work in Hartville. And so they basically have their own self-contained uh, camps that they live in. And this is this would be considered a, a migrant community. They work six, six months here and then they go back to their various locations where they're from. And we had tried to kind of get our foot in the door there for a while, but for some reason, um, there were no openings. Uh, it wasn't God's timing, but we kept praying and we kept consistent. And just uh, one day, Alejandro, he's, he is really great because he's just, you know what, we're going to do it. And he just went up there 
walked in and said, Hey, can we get a meeting with someone? <laughs> and so that's how, um, that's how we first got connected with the folks there. And once we were connected, it just was really great. Um, from the time that we had that meeting, I was pregnant with my second son, um, probably about six months almost. And when we left, I noticed a sign on the door that for, was advertising English classes. So I went back inside and I said, hey, um, I, I majored in teaching English as a second language. And obviously, you know, I'm expecting this baby. Um, so I'm not sure I'd be able to do much this year. But, uh, you know, if you ever need somebody to help out or just be an assistant or a tutor or whatever, uh, let me know. I would love to help with that. And they were like, oh, okay, thank you. Well, about two weeks later, I got an email our English teacher suddenly quit. Can you please come fill in for the rest of the year? And so we prayed about it because obviously it wasn't my timing. I'm thinking, you know, with this great big pregnant belly and everything. But, um, you know, God, I think, put laid on our heart, hey, you've been looking for this open door and here it is. So we went and that's how we really got involved there. Um, that year was through the English classes. What is going on there? So from the English classes, we um, also were able to, uh, and, and I should mention, this was a really cool thing that God did too, because whoever I took over the English classes from was actually a, um, a Christian scientist. And um, there was a whole group of people there that were basically speaking in doctrines that weren't the good news of Jesus and his saving faith. So it was really neat to be able to, um, to go in there. And I thought it was really important that we have other authentic Christian witness. And so I invited um, some people from church to come and, and they participated and we would always pray. And I said, you know what, even if we don't have very many students today, you know, it's all over the place sometimes that we still need people to be there praying. So um, that's how we got several people involved in church. And then we kept looking for other ways that we could be more intentionally um, gospel focused as well. And so one of the needs that they had was somebody to uh, run a, a vacation Bible school for them. The first year we did it, um, we had many professed salvations. The second year we did it, we had, um, I think it was 26 of the kids and youth. And out of those, most of them were the larger, were the oldest age group. The director of the center asked me, hey, would you actually consider um, starting up a youth program for us this year? It's a real hole in um, the things that we offer, and we would love to have a youth program. And so took that as a confirmation from the Lord. And again, partnering with others in our church, um, our, our youth staff is coming with me and together we go um, each week. And we basically do a youth group up there in Hartville at the center with the teens. And so we've had a group of up to 15 teens and the spiritual conversations have been amazing. These kids ask some really deep questions mm -hmm. and they're struggling because they grew up in a cultural um, traditional, mostly non-practicing, except for the big, you know, events, yeah, uh, yeah. Catholic setting, but I would actually say it's synchronistic, it's yeah. Catholic synchronistic. So there's a lot of spiritism and things like that in, in the community. And so they're asking questions about this stuff. Can you call on spirits and worship God at the same time? Um, how do you know if you're saved? Uh, where do you go when you die? Um, all these really awesome questions. So basically every single week, 
we have an opportunity to share the gospel with them um, in, in different, you know, from different aspects and perspectives. And it's amazing how the gospel is so multidimensional, multifaceted, and it speaks to all of those needs that they have. Um, they asked, you know, some doozies. What about abortion? <laughs> um, what about racism? You know, all these things uh, that sometimes we actually feel like, who that, and, and I've actually said to them several times, hey, you know what? I would, I, um, the Bible talks about that, but I think I could best answer your question if we do that next week after I've had some time to prepare. And a couple of times they've been okay with that, but there's a couple of times where they're like, well, can't you give us something now? <laughs> so it's been really neat how God brings scriptures to mind and, and works. And, and again, as a team, it's great because there's others there to get those juices flowing and um, God brings different scriptures to the minds of different you know, of the team, so we can all kind of chip in and offer some some good answers. What's been the most challenging aspect of this ministry? So initially, the biggest challenge was just building trust, and um, because these these kids are so uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, they they all are, are always in a different place. They're always seeing different people. Uh, their socioeconomic level, it's obvious that there's a lot of needs. So sometimes what they get is a lot of kind of do-gooders that come in, give them a lot of stuff and disappear from their lives and aren't really interested in them. They're kind of just doing their good deed. Um, and and, and I'm, not, I'm not judging the hearts of those people. I think they really do want to help. But from this, the perspective of these students, sometimes it's, well, thanks for the stuff, but why am I going to mess around with starting a relationship with you? Yeah. And so it just took, it took several years of consistency. And now it's great because um, this past year when they came back, it was almost like they never left. And I wasn't sure what to expect. I wasn't sure if we were going to be starting at ground zero, how long it would take us to build that trust. Um, but just being present and showing up every week and um, not just every week, one year, but year after year has made a huge difference. Yeah. Well, tell us about someone that exemplifies uh, why you do it, why you keep coming back. Yeah. So it was hard for me to choose one person. I thought of some young ladies in our group and one in specific, uh, I'll call her Linda. Um, last year when I first met her, uh, she was really, I could see that she was on the fence with, uh, there, there's a pretty delineated cool crowd that tends to get into some pretty heavy stuff with drugs and of course sex and um, some general troublemaking. And then there's the other crowd that isn't so cool, but they're at least a little bit more concerned about appearances or morality on some level. Um, they are con more consistent with their studies and they tend to uh, help with the work and those kinds of things. And I could see her really on the fence with which way she was going. And, and she's a, a young, beautiful girl. And I was really concerned for her because in, in that community, sometimes, um, especially I think more impoverished communities, there there's the young women are very vulnerable. Um, and so there's a lot of things that could happen to them being taken advantage of in many different ways. And of course, I know I, I was concerned for her safety and for which path she would choose to go with her life. Um, that's a big decision to make at such a young age, really. Um, but I was most concerned for her spiritual well-being and um, not just, I mean, you could give each of these students all kinds of money and possessions and education and a great job. And, and a lot of these needs are, are being met 
through that center. But if they gain the whole world and lose their soul, it profits them nothing. And so that's where my heart was. And, and you know, we need to meet their felt needs. I, I can't remember where I heard this once, but um, at some point I heard somebody say it something like this. Um, of course, I'm going to feed a starving person so that they can hear the gospel over the rumble of their tummy. <laughs> and so, you know, of course we want to meet their felt needs and we want them to uh, make progress in those areas, but we know that their their ultimate need. And um, so for somebody like Linda, um, helping her to make some better life choices, but hopefully and ultimately for the right reasons so that she can come into relationship with the Lord and please him with her life and see that that true transformation well if, if someone wanted to to get in touch with you or to, how would they go about that sure i would love to hear from anyone we're so blessed that people have been put in our communities and i'm really passionate about churches utilizing that great opportunity and not squandering that gift that god has given us of people coming to us um, to hear the gospel and many from unreached nations and everything so um, that's something I'm passionate about. I'd love to talk to and help anyone that I can um, from our experiences. You can email me and then we could um, set up a time to talk, phone or Skype or, or whatever, um, Zoom. And um, there's several ways if you want to be involved specifically, if you're close enough with the Migrant Center. One is to pray. Um, I would say that that area is really a spiritual stronghold <laughs> in many ways because of the spiritism that goes on in the community. And those students have so many um, obstacles to coming to know the Lord and dedicating their lives to Him. So please pray. And the second one would be there is a lot of financial need that we can do some really good if you have funds that you would like to invest. And then the third way is if you're in close enough proximity um, to come and help out, we would definitely invite you to do that. There's in non-COVID years, there's usually plenty of work to be done. And because the center is um, multi-faith, uh, you know, I think it's really important that we have people that we know believe in the good news of Jesus. There's a lot of different things that could be done. Or if you want to set up a similar program in your area with a community that you've identified and you'd like to see a little bit of what we've done and how we've done it, we invite you to come be a part too for um, a day or two and just see how it goes. Wow. That's, that's great, Krista. Thank you for showing us how to um, be the church. Thank you for... Uh this interview and this time together. Have a great day.